and welcome to Keeper Chat. My name is Fauna. And my name is Flora. And this is a weekly podcast where we chat about animals. We are both former zookeepers, and each week we will be discussing a new animal and learning more about them. As always, nothing we say reflects past organizations, and all thoughts and opinions are our own. So with that, are you ready to get grimy? Sure. Great. How's your week going? Uh, It's fine. I started streaming on Twitch, and yes, I big things. have been taking two to three naps a day. <laughs> you're thriving dude um and uh trying to roller skate weather permitting we are in the absolute dead of winter so yes yes. sometimes it's too wet (laughs) on the ground uh can't do that but other than that everything's fine i did have like a flower mite infestation that i found god knows how Mm. long i've been there because i barely spent time in my own home before yeah but they were there. They were inside a large Costco-sized box of ring pops that I had bought. Oh, fuck. And I think, like, a couple of the ring pops were, like, open or something. Or, like, <sighs> they opened them. I don't know the power of their Right. Might They're notes. always up with something. Because <laughs> yeah. I was just like, ew, what is this? Ew, what is this? And then I, like, tracked them down and they were just, like, living in this, like, container of... Luckily, I had already eaten all the flavors that I liked, and all that was left was the gross <laughs> shit, and that's why I had been yeah. sitting there for absolute months. Mm. Um, but I threw them in the garbage, so bye. Bye, mites. Hope you find can't, your dad. Can't live with me anymore. Sorry. Mm. Gotta pay rent. <laughs> I love that. This is so relatable. I feel like so many people have infestations that they just don't feel confident talking about. But here at Keeper Chat, we're all about it. I've had so many infestations in this shitty apartment. and For sure. Part of it probably is not my fault, but part of it probably is. But my cat had fleas while I was here, too. So it's the first time I've ever had a pet get fleas living in this apartment. Yeah, so. that's wild. And you think it came from the apartment, huh? Yes. Ugh. Absolutely. That sucks, but uh, I have a slug problem, and it ain't just me. In my apartment, I, I just have slugs that randomly appear, and they mm-hmm. gross me out to the max. Last night, I was cooking dinner, and one of them appeared on the underside of one of the like burner grates on my uh on my stove. Ew. I yelled. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how they just appear suddenly. I don't get it. My cats don't like them either. So Right. It's like just how like did they thing. get that far into your home when you find them? Exactly. I found one in my bathtub one day. I one night I was chopping onions or something and I remember I dropped one on the floor and I was like, "Oh, dang it." And I went down to pick it up. And I threw it away, and when I came back to my little shopping station, there was a slug there. And I'm like, there's no way. <laughs> that was like four seconds. How did this happen? My parents' house has frogs. Oh, that's cute. But they're dead. Oh, Because they get cute. trapped. I, they come in, I don't know, the chimney? I don't fucking, a vent? I don't know. Does anything get in, yeah. And then they dry, like, they get desiccated and they dry out, and, like, when a frog dies... They're like 99.9% water, so they just turn into these little husks. And my parents, like, find them under, like, the dining room table. They're just like a husk of a frog. <laughs> That's gruesome. So weird. <laughs> They've also found, like, live snakes before. Where oh my the fuck God. do they live? I don't even know, yo. They actually don't the have any doors book. in their house. <laughs> yeah. And they found my little baby niece, like, playing with a little ring-neck snake one time. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, it was really cool. Country. I laugh. Country folk. <laughs> Uh, well, that's pretty cool. What anyway, you, how's your what week? Are you, well, I was going to say, what are you drinking and uh, what are your cats doing? Oh, drinking water. And my cats are both sleeping peacefully behind me. We've been sleeping nice all day, in fact, so I don't know. 
I don't know why they're sipping now. It's literally all we do. You guys are just, um, (laughs) you're just getting your circadian rhythms back. Yeah, mine apparently is the cycle of a cat. (laughs) So I just sleep (laughs) all the time. Well, I'm still waking up at 6, like 6.30, 7 o'clock in the morning. Yes. So then I take like my first nap like 10, and then I wake up and eat lunch, Mm -hmm. and then I have like a mid-afternoon nap after that. (laughs) Yes, dude, I know exactly what you mean. That's so nice. And then like I'm in bed by (laughs) 9. Yes. And you're like, oh, I can hang out for a little bit and just pass out. You're like, this is great. I just keep like missing. I'm I'm napping in different spots, though, is the thing, right? Like you wake Mm. up from bed, you move to like the couch, then you move to like the chair, then you move back to your bed for like second nap. And then, yeah. So I'm not like going to get bed sores or anything. (laughs) Just flipping. Flip it every so often. Flipping around. Yeah. Anyway. Sounds Sounds like you're napping responsibly. Yeah, I'm trying. (laughs) How have you been? pretty good uh i'm excited because the day we're recording this is before christmas yay it is before eve i should say um but i love i love i just love my little tree i have set up and uh, i love all of the seasonal drinks that go with it i got a bunch of stuff for mimosas which i'm pretty excited about and uh, i've just been reading and playing animal crossing pretty much nonstop. nice things are looking up that sounds very really nice. festive. It is very festive. I have my yes. Halloween decor up, so. Still good, though. It's festive, just in a different way. It's a different fest. Just a different fest, that's for sure. Uh, but other than that, I'm drinking a whiskey cider. My partner made it for me, which was very nice, but um, heavy handed. A lot, of, a lot of whiskey. I think they maybe just shut their eyes for like 10 seconds and poured. So we'll see how this episode goes. And then my cats were playing in here, but I gave them the boot, so. The big booty. I gave him one boot each, and I told him not to spend it all in one place. <laughs> Go live in this boot now. You're evicted. You're home. We do have a, a shout out. I, I mean, you and I forgot, right? Because we say things and then it leaves our brain forever. But mm, yeah, we've said a few times that if any of our listeners are doing anything for conservation, whether that's like donating their money, their time, their resources, whatever, uh, to any sort of conservation, let us know and we'll give you a shout out on the show mm-hmm. and we have one such shout out so thank you emily she wrote in and basically just gave us like a a breakdown of exactly who she's donated to <laughs> how much she's done everything she's done and tldl it's all great she did a really good job and yeah. uh she's done a lot for conservation so shout out to you you're great thanks for being such a i don't know foundational part wildlife of the, warrior the <laughs> yeah. you are alba now you get your the alba, alba wildlife warrior. enjoy your new life under your new pseudonym incredible yeah uh i think that's about it for the business are you ready are you ready are you ready i'm ready oh okay so we got some really good suggestions last time around when you posted your uh, call for suggestions yeah, yeah for icy animals we got a lot of them which is great because sometimes we get garbage mm-hmm, <laughs> just mm-hmm. kidding but really. And so we ended up picking two different animals from that list. Okay, so we had a few people that recommended this animal. We're going to do the snowy owl. So thank you, Chantel. Um, you're our favorite most of all because you said please. But then also Ethan and Shelby <laughs> suggested this too. So thank you guys so much for writing in. I'm really excited to talk about this. I feel like it's been a, a bit since we've done a bird. Maybe mm. it hasn't and I just can't remember a single thing. Right. But last uh, last week's episode, you went above and beyond and you created this beautiful touching magical song for me 
Right. And so I did the same. I felt it was only fair to give back. So I'm going to sing you a little song. I hope you're ready. I'm not. Okay, my cat just ran out of the room. So that's perfect timing. Do it before she comes back. There goes a big bird, he's flying, flying all through the air. He's white with a beak, big eyes, big feet, and boy does he love to stare. He'll stare, he'll glare without a care, and once in a while he'll feast. He glides and flies all through the skies, a truly magical beast. <laughs> I think wow. I'm going to get evicted. <laughs> was that Harry Potter? It was. Okay. Wow. I know that you like don't watch them, but I figured it was I know this like song. recognizable <laughs> yeah. enough. Yeah. That like maybe you would get that bone I was putting down. Yeah. Dang. And- we know the most famous uh, snowy owl out there is from Harry Potter. Oh, so that makes okay. I was like, why? <laughs> like, what is this Christmas song? Didn't it's put Hedwig. two and two together. No, there it's Hedwig. Go. I get it now. Now I get it. Now I get it. Now I get it. You're like, what is this weird instrumental Christmas song? She's. I know. I was like, is this from White Christmas? I don't remember this song at all. Uh, <laughs> that was so delightful. Perfect. Thank it you. It was also like, it was like yes. spooky. A little bit. Yeah, I think um, maybe the instrumentals would have taken it out of the spooky realm and more into like... Like I felt like I was like starting off like... Like I just turned on like Hocus Pocus or something. You know what I mean? Like it had like the edge to it. Yeah. I mean, John Williams gets all the credit. Props to my main man, my main composer, the one and only. Um, So yeah, anyways, we're talking about the snowy owl, a big, beautiful bird. And I have to say that like this animal is one of the few that I find... That its real life version looks ex- almost exactly like the stuffed animal version of it. Oh, and that doesn't okay. really happen that often, you know. <laughs> right. Like, didn't we recently look up like a cheetah or something online? And it looked fucking wonk as hell. Yeah, it looked yeah, messed, messed up, messed up, messed up. There's a lot of information about snowy owls. I was telling you before we started recording, I have like 15 pages of notes here, and I had to make sure I had them all. Yeah. Uh, but even still, I mean, I'm, we're probably gonna leave out something. So if I leave out something, don't at me. I'm sorry. There's just a lot out there. But we're in phylum chordata, class aves, order strigiformes, family strigidae, genus bubo, species bubo, bubo scandiacus. Dude, if you watched my Twitch stream, you would know this is bubo, because we had a we had a bubo bubo, right? A mm. hoopo. Uh, the Was Eurasian it? eagle owl is bubo bubo. Oh yes, yeah, it's in that we, same genus. There's yeah, we spotted. Of- Spotted him in the game. It was a bunch of boobo. So, <laughs> well, damn, this is big boobo energy then. Big boobo. Just gonna capitalize on it. The snowy owl is sometimes called the polar owl, the white owl, or the Arctic owl, all of which are applicable because he's white. He lives in the Arctic and him white, like a polar region. You know, like I said, he's native to Arctic regions of North America and also the Palearctic regions, which encompass all of Eurasia, north of the foothills of the Himalayas and okay. North Africa, and that stretches. Like, all across, obviously, Eurasia is Europe, Russia, and Asia, um, mm-hmm. all across that area. So, these found in the Northern Hemisphere. They like the cold climates. And um, they're one of the largest species of owl out there. And they're the only one oh. that has a mostly white plumage. So, they're very, like, visually distinct as well. Yeah. 
Uh, the first description of this guy in uh, academic text was by Carl Linnaeus in 1758 in the 10th edition of Systema Natura. That guy was always writing about something, you know? He like, obviously didn't have anything better hobby. to do. I know. <laughs> he obviously didn't prescribe to the Flora certified three naps a day. <laughs> he needs to take more naps. He was too busy. He did too much. <laughs> what a Slow nerd. Down. Originally, he died when he was like 20 or something. <laughs> that was probably at sleep deprivation, cause of death. <laughs> Work too hard. The uh, snowy owl was originally called the Strix scandiaca in this Systema Natura, but this was obviously later changed to our Bubo homie. The Bubo. genus Bubo is Latin for horned owl. Bubo. And then Scandiacus is in New Latin means Scandinavia. Bubo. F- <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love that. I agree. <laughs> they did have a previous genus that they were classified under called Nyctia. Uh, and this name meant knight in Greek, mm. but they uh, it was kind of discovered later on that they didn't really fit in that, so that's why they're part of Bubo, which he's I love not better. Horrend like, though, he's not horrend, right? Why, why is he horrend owl? <laughs> that's just the Latin. I don't know. We gotta take horrends? it up with Carl. Carl, excuse. Ring up Carl. Ask him ring, why ring. he did this. <laughs> Someone get my Ouija board. <laughs> I'm ring up Carl Linnaeus and ask him oh where the hornets go. Imagine that everyone gathers around and like, who should we contact? And Flora pops up. I know. I need to talk to Carl Linnaeus. I've got mad beef. Next time we do Phasmo and we find Ouija, <laughs> gonna be Carl. <laughs> Number one phone call. Uh, Linnaeus. Speaking of big beefs, he originally thought there were two species because the males and the females plumages were so visually distinct. Right. Uh, and so he first, uh, initially classified them as Strix scandiaca for the male, Strix nyctea for the female. Obviously, mm. that was scrapped. And then the snowy owl was long thought to be the sole member of that genus nyctea. But the way that they determined that it didn't belong to that was through mitochondrial DNA cytochrome B sequence. Does anyone know what that means? I'm sure a scientist out there does. <laughs> no. I have no like one. I have an iota of understanding, and I went to school for biology, so... But the long of that, or the short of that, is that they discovered that this sequencing showed that they were more closely related to horned owls in Bubo. That's where Even we're without at. Without the hornedids. Yeah, they didn't need those, I guess, so something else going on. Hornedids were removed at some point. The snowy owl, though, has been around for a really long time. I guess I didn't realize this. I just thought they were around for, like, I don't know, 150 years because <laughs> I'm a donk. But... They've been around at least since the Pleistocene era, and, like, fossils have been found dating back to, like, previous ice ages and stuff. What? Hello. Yeah. So he's just a... I just... I don't know. I just always think of, like, the time before humans was just, like, chaotic. And so to see this, like, beautiful, graceful beast out there, I don't know. Doesn't sit right with me. I don't know if I mentioned this when I was reading all of my, my spider trilogy. Oh, okay. Which I finished. Oh, but one of the it was weird like the spiders were hatching like almost like cicadas but it was like every like you know a really long time instead of mm. just like 16 years cicada or whatever the fuck it is mm-hmm. anyway so they were like eliminating the human race obvi that's what the book was about right but they were like yo this was probably the extinction event for the dinosaurs they were eaten by spiders whoa okay i could see that happening so like what if this guy ate the dinosaurs <laughs> Is that what you're saying? Yeah, what if, what if he <laughs> fought off the spiders? Oh. What what if? What if that book that I read what if it was real? Was fact. <laughs> Shit. This changes everything. Just saying, just food for thought. Oh, yeah, okay. I'll meditate on it later. Yeah, everyone just meditate on 
Or what if the android brought spiders? Android. Android. The android. The android cell phone. Android. Uh-huh. Asteroid. There you go. The what android brought, asteroid. <laughs> what if it brought spiders? Okay, I wouldn't be surprised. I feel like spiders can totally survive on a and it, fucking asteroid. Rock. Just like yeah, and it was a combo blasting. thing. Like half of them died from asteroid fallout. The other ones died from spiders. Hedwig got eaten. The only thing that remained. God, the hero, huh? The queen. She's the queen. The queen <laughs> boobo. The queen. Boobo queen. Queen boobo. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> big boobo queen oh i love her i feel like boobo would be such an excellent name for literally any animal she's my boobo queen boobo <laughs> i just queen. like saying boobo boobo i'll my final i'm gonna die on my deathbed i'm gonna say boobo <laughs> last words lean in close boobo the snowy owl has pretty distinct genetics kind of throughout all this time they haven't really changed much apparently since all those years Peak. ago yeah. But uh, in addition to this, hybridization doesn't really occur. It doesn't isn't really thought to happen. However, some donkus in Germany did breed hybrids from a snowy owl and a Eurasian eagle owl in 2013. Boobo boobo! Yeah, he just like wanted to double down on the boobo, and he did. And apparently, they're like doing fine, but maybe but why? Recommend. I don't know. Yeah, you know. I just what don't. if you didn't instead of that? <laughs> if you thought about not, maybe Idiot. consider it. Idiot. Okay, so as far as their appearance goes, as I already mentioned, they're pretty distinct. They're mostly white. They're actually a purer white than other predatory mammals like polar bears or the Arctic fox. And so they're like a, a more like crisp, pristine white. Right. And uh, you had asked about like the horned, right? They don't have like the little horns. They just have like a little globe head. Yeah. And they do appear Ball to lack head. the characteristic of the owl ear tufts, um, but they do have them. They're just really short. And they're honestly thought to be vestigial because they're, I mean, they don't really serve a purpose and like, they're so teeny tiny anyways. Um, But they can be seen every so often, usually by the females if they're sitting on their nest. But as far as size of those tufts, I mean, they're only like, at the most, 25 milliliter, excuse me, milliliter. Whoa. (laughs) It's crazy. They're measured in volume. Yeah, they're usually only 25 millimeters long. (laughs) (laughs) I see them. And that, with this photo, it's really cute. Little beeps. And yeah, they're a little just like boop boops. It's like he's hiding his little devil horns. Just like. Well, they're only made up of 10 small feathers. Oh. They're really that's small. It. They do have uh, very distinct bright yellow eyes. And they're mm. one of the largest like eyeball sizes out there. Uh, it's slightly smaller than others in their genus. But still, I mean, owls have like huge fucking eyes. So the diameter is about 23.4 millimeters or just shy of one inch in diameter. Pretty is big. Is that bigger than my eye? Uh, My one I, big eye that I have? I don't know. I've never measured your big eye. <laughs> I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. know. I'll never know. I measured it. That mad eye moody eye that you got. <laughs> let's, make, let's put everything but in But is it like terms. a human eye? Like... I think a human eye is bigger. A human eye is bigger? Is it? I don't know. I don't open mine all the way. You know, like his are like lidless. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's true. Like sometimes his go. I mean, it's got to be close. It's got to be close. I don't think. I I don't know. I don't know. But here's something. So it's compared to human eyes. He does have better visual acuity. It's about 1.5 times better than humans or roughly five times better than mine (laughs) because I can't see fucking shit. Exactly. 
And uh, they can perceive all colors, but none of the ultraviolet ones. Mm. So, like, basically, he can see enough to make out that, like, the shirt you're wearing is hideous and you should probably change before you leave. He can see the full rainbow. Gay icon. <laughs> oh, my God. Another one. Every- Add him to the list. <laughs> Babadook. <laughs> Pennywise. Snowy Owl. Every- I can't find a single al- a single animal that's not a gay or bisexual icon at this point. That's what I'm saying, dude. Because everyone is gay. Everyone is gay. And Um, they're so supportive. Absolutely. Like, there's no judgment. They're just out here thriving. Okay. Uh, But the owl can see at pretty great distances. The snowy owl in particular is known for his, like, long-distance acuity, whereas his, like, short, like, acute vision is, like, not as great, but it's still better than ours is. It's still, like, 1.5 better than ours is. Uh, And, I mean, that goes for, like, his night vision as well. It's still going to be better than ours is basically just better and more superior in every way everything he does is better than what we do yes i mentioned he had that uh that globe i think you mentioned like a helmet head that's for sure what's going on up i said ball head (laughs) on the dome (laughs) it is very round it looks like a snowball head it does he looks like a snowman like a snowman yeah for sure and it's a relatively small head for his body size. And then he does have a little black bill hidden under there. You can sometimes peep it. But it's so hidden. It's hidden. It's, it's so cold. It's good. Yeah, I'm wondering if it's just because, like, it gets chilled. He's just got to keep everything covered, you know? Can't have anything I hanging out. I wonder if out. it's, like, sensitive. Like, I use Sensodyne because my teeth oh, yeah. are so sensitive. I wonder if it feels like that when he, when it mm. touches snow. If he's like, ooh, owie, a zing. I got to go to the dentist. They do display sexual dimorphism in a couple different ways. The main one is size, but also coloring. The females will more often be more like brown and gray speckled pattern than the males are. And the males okay. are usually the ones that are more like true white with a little bit of Ooh. speckling. So that's okay. a really easy way to tell. But obviously there's discrepancies across the board. The females may also have darker markings on their head and underbelly. That can kind of help. And... You can also tell by the shape of their wing markings. So on their wings, if you take a look, the males will usually have more spots, while the females will have more, like, bands or bars. Oh. Everything's a spectrum, though. Like, nothing matters. So does it As far as, really like, how much know? chocolate chip I want in my vanilla ice cream, I will take her <laughs> over him. Ooh, I like that. Cookies and cream, baby. Cookies and cream. The chicks are initially born kind of a grayish, whitish color, and then they quickly transition to a darker (laughs) gray-brown To a hideous bird child, as they all do. (laughs) Exactly. Um, The darker color is very effective camouflage for them because they do their nests on the ground, and this is going to help them blend in. (laughs) Okay. um, Anyway, type the snowy owl, baby. First, second link, Amazon. It's cute. Little thing. First link, however, says canceled owl babies. (laughs) (laughs) No. They were canceled. When? Why? What Who happened? canceled them? What's BH. The, what's the dirt? Why? BH. The Bowman's Hill Wildlife Preserve canceled. What, what right do they have? Oh, it was a woman reading a book about owl babies, and the event was canceled. Probably due oh, to COVID. Probably. <laughs> That'll do it. Oh, but the way that's just like chicks canceled. Canceled owl babies. <laughs> Damn. We just can't keep our noses out of things, can we? We just got to control everything. Everything. Uh, at fledging, the chicks' plumage will become irregularly mottled, and that's they'll start to get that white mixed in, but they'll still be mostly solid dark gray with brown, and they will have eye- uh, wow. they will have white eyebrows, and parts of their face will turn white, too, which sounds amazing. I love I the like idea of, like, a white eyebrow. 
I like when they're all dark because they look like little coal babies, like a little like oh. Santa. Yes. Like you were bad, and Santa brought you coal, <laughs> and then it like lifts up its head, and it's like a snowy eagle. Krampus battled you around like, in like the coal sack. I have to carry the care for this now. Yeah. Yes. And then with each successive molt, they'll lose more of the dark and become more light, depending on their gotcha. sex. The adult plumage can be gained as early as three to four years old, but some males, because they are going through that, like, becoming more white, they may take up to nine to ten years to become, like, fully mature, fully white. Yeah, they really are just, like, perfecting it, I guess. The toes are feathered white with black claws, and they do have toe feathers, which Mm -hmm. are the longest known of any owl. They're 33.3 millimeters or 1.31 inches long. They got some little toe hairs. Feathers. Hairs, feathers. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> feather hair they gotta keep them peats warm yo that, i mean you just gotta keep everything covered boots gotta- with the fur <laughs> she has apple bottom <laughs> jeans boots with the fur everybody in the club was looking they're looking at right at her yeah no doubt i would be too but couldn't couldn't tear their eyes away from her no she's really commanding the stage Speaking of their feathers, so I think a common characteristic of owls that a lot of people know is that they can, like, fly very quietly. They're wise. Oh. Oh. <laughs> that, too? Yeah. They're I think old and wise. <laughs> that's it. That's for sure. Uh, but they can fly very quietly, and they do a lot of, yeah, like, swooping and shit. Like yeah. Like at night. So the snowy owl does have some noise-canceling serrations on their feathers, but their oh. feathers are not quite as soft as others in their genus. And so what that means is they're really not as quiet as some of the other owls, which is oh. pretty much fine. Like, it's not like they're fucking clomping clown shoes around or, like, tap mm. dancing their way to their prey. Screams while he flies. He <laughs> 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 didn't do that. Um, but it's, it's said that he's somewhat audible at a close range. So, like, me, okay. I probably wouldn't hear him because I can't hear anything or see right. anything. Um, but, I mean, it, obviously that's helpful to be quieter than usual if you're trying to hunt down things. But it's not, you know, it doesn't, it's not that big a deal. Have you ever held an owl? This is so bizarre. Have you ever held an owl? Yes, I've held a screech owl named Pumpkin. She was oh, very right. small and very just like she was just like a little spitfire. Yeah, because I threw that owl that one time. You did. You threw it right into the ground. Yeah, but I've also held great horned owls. And if you're holding them, like restraining them for like a exam or whatever Mm. it's really scary and it really freaks me out mainly because i've worked with penguins for so long who tear your flesh at any and every Mm. like opportunity they will just like rip skin and bone from you but like owls don't bite like they don't they're not gonna just like chomp on you interesting like they use their peats for that they have murder peats i think the fact that they like make eye contact too is unnerving I know. So when you hold them, you just like hold their legs and you have them facing away from you. You hold their legs and you hold their body to your chest and their head is just just doing whatever it wants. It's like looking at you, looking around, looking at like your fucking neck waddle. Like, <laughs> it has the opportunity to kill you. Yes. And they choose not to because they don't bite. It's unnerving. It is. Every time I held an owl, I like was quaking because i was just like this is not what penguins do this is gonna rip my fucking throat out it's unnatural i don't like it i don't like it but their feet are terrifying and th- these look like n- um no exception well i think their part of feet the- are so strong i think part of the 
uh, weirdness for me is that, yeah, they can just like look around and you don't really know what to expect and they'll look right at you. But then also they can just unfurl themselves and they're suddenly like 10 times larger. Like they just have a Mm. leg that shoots out of nowhere. They've got a wing that will like biff you across the room. Like it's just like, (laughs) I don't know. They're just sitting on so many surprises. I don't know what to expect. He's like a little Pokemon. <gasps> he can be a little Pokeball, or he can be a dragon. <laughs> he can be fucking Charizard. Yeah, that's for dang sure. They do have a steady and direct flight pattern. This is similar to large, slow falcons. So they're not really going to do that, like, soaring thing that you see, but they do glide. Right. Okay. Do with that what you will. Yeah. Owls also have the largest brains of any bird. Uh, the size is thought to relate less to their, like, directly to their intelligence. The and biggest brain of any bird. Like, relative to body size. Yes. Right? Yes. Owls just in general do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's thought to relate less to intelligence and more actually to, like, their the, increased nocturnality like the and, like, yeah. predatory behavior. Yeah. Basically are- a battery for them fucking eyeballs <laughs> shooting out of their face. Yeah, they flick those flashlights on at night and they're ready to rumble. <laughs> got a generator in this melon fucking wild dude gotta keep these things charged up for later (laughs) i can't fucking see it's not charged up god damn it's like do you remember those lights that were really popular in like the early 2000s the like push ones i used to have one you just like what was it light yeah it was a little light with a battery and you just like pushed it and it turned on Oh, the tap tap light yeah they have a fun name like a well, they had like the clap, like the clap on light, and they also had like the tap light. But then there, I had like a push button, like it just looked like a giant like staples button, and you pushed it, and the light came yeah, on. Yeah, I thought those had a name. Maybe they did. I thought they had a theme song. Oh shit! Was I just like living outside pop culture? I thought I thought those things had a theme song. Fuck. We'll report back. Um, that's what I imagine yeah, I their know. eyeballs are like. <laughs> what is the button? <laughs> just like a big light button. Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna boil it down they're a very large owl though so considering all owls they're like big the sixth or seventh ranked on the heviest scale and they're about the fifth and the longest so really never first always the bridesmaid never the bride well who's the biggest then christ yeah i don't know some big some big guy i already looked up 10 pages of notes for the snowy owl you think i was gonna spend an iota of a second looking up any other bird what's the biggest owl oh the great horned owl is largest in North America. The least helpful Google result. Well, in North America. The largest in the world is the Blackestones fish owl, Bubo Blackestoney. <gasps> Blackestoney. Blackestones fish. Incredible. Because I was going to say, owl. like, the snowy owl is larger than the great horned owl. This motherfucker look big. Oh my god. How big they going to the get? Fuck? Where's the end? This thing is insane. And then the females are larger than the males. So they've got that, like, Shit. distinct modeling, but also. She big. Size. Yeah. On average, the males are about 53 to about 64 centimeters in length, which is 21 to about 25 inches in length. And their wingspan is 116 to 166 centimeters or 3 foot 10 inches to 5 foot 5 inches. That's me. And then the females are about 54 to 71 centimeters in length, 21 to 28 inches, and their wingspan is 146 to 183 centimeters, or 4 foot 9 inches to 6 feet. That's you. 6 feet. That's me. I'm a fucking giant. (laughs) And then, of course, obviously the females weigh more than the males. They can weigh on average about 4 to 5 pounds, or about 1,700 to 2,400 grams. Males are about 3.2 to 4 pounds, or 1,400 to 1,800 grams. Get it? Owl. Wait. Sure. 
if anyone out there is just like wait clamoring for that for that information now you got it so just like all birds they have a number of different vocalizations the snowy owl is thought to have around 15 different calls and they're more bark than they are hoot so if you're thinking hoot hoot pivot and think more bark bark that's more of what it is Okay. So the most distinct and noticeable one they'll, that they'll do is obviously like a screech. The females can like screech if they're dealing with their chicks or like trying to warn someone off. And then oftentimes the males will do a crew, 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 crew sound. <laughs> That's my best nice. impression. And this is kind of twofold. It will exclude other males from fucking around and it will also attract females. Double whammy. Nice. Um, but obviously they have a bunch of others too. Their call can actually be heard from pretty far away. So they got those strong opera belly muscles going on, carrying that thing all this way. On average, it can reach up to two miles away or three kilometers. Uh, and this is specifically because of the thin Arctic air in which they live. Yeah. Kind of just cuts like through it. There's nothing. It's just snow. There's no like building in the way. <laughs> just to block travels your... all the way around the world and then pokes them back in the butt. Uh, and right. then, but it can get up to 10 to 11 kilometers away or 6.2 to 6.8 miles away. You can hear that call. Christ wild the shriek heard round the world i already mentioned that their habitat is the arctic tundra they typically mm-hmm. prefer to spend their time in open landscapes so they're not going to really be in a place that has a lot of cover rocks trees anything like that they prefer those big old grasslands and this is in the northern circumpolar region they are a nomadic bird to a certain extent that they will like migrate and follow the prey wherever it goes um but they prefer the colder regions they don't really want to go too far south than like 60 degrees latitude anything farther south they're like "Eh, it's a little too hot you know what i mean right during the winter they may as i already mentioned travel farther south um there is actually very limited data on the snowy owls that decide to stay in their uh, present habitat during the winter in the tundra uh, mostly because if the scientists tried to do that, they would die because of the really harsh conditions up there. Um, so there's not a Bummer. lot known because humans can't really survive that. And set up a webcam. It just bounce, yeah. Like they have those nest cams. Just like pop that bad boy. Like <laughs> I'm, sure even the, camera. I'm sure even the Every nest cam is like, I can't. It's too cold. Someone comes and rings the doorbell. I don't like <laughs> film it. <laughs> ring, ring. Set that up. Anyone up here? Of the arctic circle fuck yeah see what they get yep that's for sure just saying just a suggestion so here's that one's free (laughs) next one you'll have to pay next one's on you (laughs) get them hooked that's how it works but when they do go farther south oftentimes they'll uh frequent places in iceland ireland scotland the baltic central russia etc those are all places i would love to visit all places that people i think typically think of as cold that's their summer Mm -hmm. home Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, most consistently, though, this is interesting. Some of the most attractive habitats in North America for wintering owls, snowy owls, are airports. So they really like the fact that it's like a flat, grassy plain. There's yeah. really not a like cover, a lot of cover around. It resembles the tundra, and there yeah. tends to be lots of diverse prey due to both the landscape as well as like the pests that congregate around humans. They just like love it. I'm pretty sure that's a job. There's like people who just yeah. kill animals on airports. Oh. Maybe not. Yeah. I mean, there are people that re- relocate them, too. <laughs> that, I think they just murder them. Bummer. Because they just come back. Yeah. Well, the Logan International Airport in Massachusetts has one of the most reliable populations known in U.S. in the winter. So apparently, I don't know, if you've yes. ever been there, anyone, 
Maybe you can tell they me a little more. They probably don't kill the owl, but they kill all the other things. Oh, yeah. That'll do it, too. If an airplane runs into, like, a deer, it's, like, bad. Yeah. not Or whatever. <laughs> not great. Not great. They're active any time of the day or night. They're not really strictly nocturnal, but oftentimes they do prefer to be active at night. And we've already mentioned, but as what goes with their habitat, they can withstand they can withstand extremely cold temperatures. Um, on average, this can get as low as negative sixty two point five degrees Celsius. Hey, that's cold. Um, and during this time, it's been observed that they really don't have any obvious discomfort. They're just kind of like vibing. And then hmm. um, scientists also did observe that an individual was able to withstand a five hour exposure at negative 93 degrees celsius um by the end though they did kind of guess that maybe he was having struggle or having difficulty breathing hmm. but that's still pretty good i can't do that there, there's like this um i don't remember where the fuck i was somewhere in alaska and they were like you could pay ten dollars to come like stand in this fucking tent that was like negative <laughs> <Sold>. something degrees <laughs> like just to feel it <laughs> shit dude and i remember being with my dad and be like you want to do that and he was like fuck no i'm not paying to be that cold what the fuck you can see your and dad I thought about it. i'm like yeah what the hell why would we want to do that that's so stupid people get you on the knee-jerk reaction some people are like oh yeah, yeah. let's get cold see what it's, it's like. like those things at the zoo that's like get in here to to feel what a real tornado winds feel like. Did you have those at your zoo? What the I feel hell? Like every single zoo had one of those. What is going Why on? Why do I want to be in a tornado tunnel? Why would I want to pay to be in a tornado? No, thank you. Dumb as hell. Watching Twister was enough. Thanks. I love Twister. But yeah. <laughs> it scares me so much. Obviously, to withstand these cold temperatures, the snowy owl has excellent thermal conduction and it's better than really like the best insulated mammals. So like those fucking thick ass sheep and like polar bears and arctic fox and stuff like it's better than all that wow yeah they're just chilling or not they're just like toasting i guess <laughs> but to withstand that they obviously have a lot of like energy expenditure to keep up that heat so that's estimated that they have to eat around seven rodents a day to survive extreme cold temperatures which is quite a bit right um they've also been observed sheltering behind rocks to shield them from intense wind and storms and this is because they spend the majority of their time on the ground. They really prefer flat surfaces over, like, trees or rocks. They don't really like to perch that well, and their body isn't really suited for it. So they kind of yeah. just like to hang out on the ground instead. They're freaky-ass feet. Got the- That's not meant to... It's meant to choke out a fucking rat. They've got... Not to perch <laughs> on a branch. They've got murder clown shoes, not sitting on a branch shoes. Like, if we had guns on our feet, do you think we'd stand on a branch? No. Fuck no. <laughs> I probably wouldn't ever stand again. <laughs> uh, they may perch more in winter while they're hunting, and this is just purely to gain elevation over their prey, but it's kind of just like they'll do it if they have to. The males will do a flight display for the females during um, courtship, and he'll do kind of like an undulating flight pattern, throw in some extra jazz hands, and then he'll nice. do a sudden vertical drop to the ground at the end. A death drop. Oh. <laughs> Apparently she's like super into it. In addition, snowy owls can swim, but they don't really want to, so don't make them. And they will drink unfrozen water <laughs> when it's available. Unfrozen water. Yeah, so just like 
So just water. So just not ice, I guess, is another <laughs> fun way of phrasing that. <laughs> Next time you're at a restaurant, which will be probably five years from now, <laughs> like, I'll take a unfrozen water with some frozen water in it. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Please. If you could add a citrus of the yellow variety, that would also be red. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, they may fight with conspecifics. This has been observed every so often, which means just other other same species. And this can happen anytime, but uh, they usually try to not get into so many fights during the winter because shit's cold outside. And also during breeding because the shit's, you know, you got shit to do. Yeah. You want to be doing that. And then like a lot of birds of prey, they'll do dog fighting and talon locking. They're going to use them peats and tear up peat. Ugh. Do what you got to do, man. Survival of the fittest. Survival of the peatest. Hunting. Uh, they do have a distinct method of hunting. I already mentioned they don't really soar, and they're not, like, the quietest bird. Um, so they will hunt any time of day or night. They really kind of want to be opportunistic. And typically their prey are captured on the ground, and then they also consume them on the ground, too. They're not going to, like, carry them off somewhere. Unless they have chicks. Uh, they will swallow most of their prey whole. And this is excellent because their stomach has a lot of, like, digestive enzymes that can break down flesh. But it doesn't break down, like, bones, fur, teeth, or feathers. So all of those right. things are kind of compacted into, do you know what they're called? Pellets. Fuck yeah, little pellets. And then the owl will regurgitate them anywhere between, like, 18 to 24 hours after they eat. Uh, nice. Did you ever dissect those in science class? Because we did. We did. Yeah. We did. They kind of smelled weird, but they were fun. The little bones Yeah, they smell terrible. <laughs> I like seeing the little bones. <laughs> love them little bones just a little collection of bones love that tiny tied little up bone little, pellet yeah and a little pill <laughs> love that bone pill love that wrapped it up like a little christmas gift just for me that's what i got you this year spoiler uh, i knew you'd I love it me. i knew you'd love it uh, if a snowy owl is going to consume anything larger that they can't swallow whole they are going to tear it up before they eat it and if they do this oftentimes you aren't going to see pellets because they're not eating a whole bone right they're eating around a bone mm-hmm. but they can pretty much just eat anything they can catch for the most part they're going to prefer mammals in fact they're like most readily available resource are lemmings and that's kind of like the creme de la creme but they have been known <laughs> to eat birds every so often they'll eat like you know like a frog or a fish but that a frog you know that ain't gonna happen that often they will eat carrion though so if like some fucking i don't know like a polar bear or something dies and other things are eating it okay. they will go ahead and slice you off a chunk not gonna pass up a meal no right? fuck no it's, it's shit is delicious okay but as far as hunting goes they will use what's known as a sweeping method of capturing their prey this is typically what happens when they're kind of on a slightly elevated just off the ground perch so to speak or other area and they'll kind of just sort of like glide down and then just like grab them with their feet. It's exactly <laughs> what it sounds like, right? Like it's not, it ain't that deep <laughs> right. pretty much. Um, they can also do what's known as a dash and swoop. Again, exactly what it sounds like. And then they'll do um, what's known as a wallop where they'll like kind of just like <laughs> drop on it, like put their whole body on it and wallop. just like just kind of like crush it, which is also effective. It has been observed that they will do what's called kleptoparasitism which is where they'll take prey that other birds have caught badass <laughs> be like take your lunch Mine. money see ya fly away with it yeah. thank you and then their seasonal migratory patterns are closely related to their prey availability so if there's nothing in the area they're probably going to leave try somewhere else so that's why i kind of mentioned Fair. earlier that they're like 
sort of migratory and well they are migratory but like sort of nomadic as well Mm. and then because of that of course their diet will fluctuate with the seasons if they are migrating and they encounter other birds it has been observed that snowy owls will often fight if they need to uh, for the territories of those other birds and the food and things like that and they nearly always win Ooh. So place your bets <laughs> on the snowy owl, that big beefy boy. You want to brawl? You want to brawl? Kick your fucking ass. When it comes to breeding, they often form monogamous pair bonds with males and females, but other relationships and types of like breeding have been observed, like polygamy and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. On occasion, you know, everything's a spectrum. Do what you got to do. And they usually breed once a year, but this is obviously dependent on food as well. And in fact, because they are such a northern, like, uh, extreme habitat animal, if food is scarce, they often won't breed at all. They're just not going to even, not even going to try. Right. Not going to waste the calories. Fuck no. I already mentioned that the males will do, like, courtship displays. They'll do flight and different types of vocalizations. And oftentimes, they'll do all of this with, like, a lemming, like a dead lemming in their beak, which is fun. <laughs> and they give that to the female at the end. Love Yikes. that. If the female approves of all of this, she'll answer him with a song during their courtship. And if he doesn't actually do, like, every step of this ritual to her satisfaction, she won't breed with him. (laughs) Right. Go, girl. She's like, you left. You didn't pick me up a chicken quesadilla from Taco Bell when you were already there. Okay. Peace out, clown. (laughs) See you never. Can't follow directions. Like, what's the point? It's not that hard. Uh, at the end of this, though, the males will usually come to the ground and they'll do a ground display as well. And they'll do this where they arch their wings up into what's called an angel posture, kind of like arched up in behind them. And they'll just kind of okay. stand there until the females decide that <laughs> she's like down a clown. Cute. He's like, is this it? Was that enough? <laughs> is this it? It's sort of just like a prayer. Like, please let that have worked. <laughs> I hope she likes me. And then when it comes to nesting, they will build their nests on... Uh, on the ground, but they t- tend to prefer to build them on elevated ground in snow-free or relatively dry areas. Nice. The females can become very, very focused on nesting, and they like, can become very particular. Can we blame her? And then the egg-laying usually begins in early May to like the first 10 days of June. The average okay. clutch is about 7 to 9 eggs, but it can vary Whew, quite a bit. That's a lot. Yeah. It can get upwards of 15 to 16. That's a That's lot. That's too many. <laughs> That was a lot, and now that's too many. <laughs> now it's too many. It's gone too far. Let's rewind a little bit. The incubation will happen by the female. This happens while the uh, male is feeding her, brings food back to the nest, and she stays there pretty much full time during incubation, which lasts about 32 to 33 days. When the male's bringing her food, he'll also make sure to like store some nearby to make fewer trips. And hmm. then during this time, the female will also develop a very distinct brood patch on her, like, belly chest area. It becomes, like, bright nice. pink. Both males and females for snowy owls are known to be extremely aggressive if you try to approach their nest. This has been observed both by scientists as well as, like, other, uh, like, contraspecifics, other species in the areas when they accidentally stumble upon it. And so both the males and females will, like, vocalize a lot. They'll reach out with them big peats, try to <laughs> scratch your fucking eyes out. Try to get you. Yeah, they'll flap at you. Like, there's a whole thing. They really don't want you get anywhere it. near them. One thing I saw that was kind of funny is, like, they'll even go out of their way if, like, a caribou or, you know, like, a sheep or something, like, something that's not a threat to them whatsoever um, happens to be nearby. They'll go and just, like, attack the shit out of it because... Good. Get lost. Yeah, they're, they're, like, concerned that it will, like, trample their eggs. Yeah, so or we'll bring some other bimbo by, like, <laughs> go away. So they just want some peace and quiet, so they'll just kind of 
keep everyone off their lawn. It's like that thing when, like, you're older and, like, when you're a kid, you're like, why are they, you know, like, why can't I play here? You know, like, yeah. why are they always yelling at me to get off their lawn? And then you're an adult and you realize that you're liable for every injury that occurs <laughs> on your property. And then you're like, get the fuck off my lawn. Get away, Never child. Never want to see you again. Get lost. Uh, it's just like that. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Yeah, for sure. Get away. When the chicks are born, they're born helpless and blind on average 46 grams in weight or 1.6 ounces. At two weeks, they'll start to walk around their nest site and they'll start to leave the nest site at 18 to 28 days. They still can't fly, but they'll just kind of like dude around, you know? Doddle around. Yeah. Uh, at three weeks, this is when the female will typically leave to hunt and the male and the female will both feed the chicks. Uh, it's not been observed that they exhibit siblicide, which we talked about before, mm -hmm. uh, which is where the other chicks will try to kill like a weaker one or whatever. Like it's just a good survival tactic for the chicks, but they do not do this. Um, yeah, there's so many you'd have to kill 14 <laughs> on a killing spree. It would be a snowy owl death match. <laughs> like it's not worth your time. You would die in for sure. the process you of exhaustion <laughs> of killing all of the other ones. You would have had, um at least 10 murders to your name before you're even an adult but right uh but it, yeah it's thought that they don't do this because they obviously need to conserve their energy to not freeze to death so you don't have time to yeah. kill when you're trying to stay warm the first fledge right. will happen at around 35 to 50 days and then at the 50 to 60 day point is when they can start flying and hunting on their own sexual maturity typically happens in the following year but their first breeding will usually happen the following year at year two and then lifespan uh, in the wild, it's on average about 10 years. It's not, like, super long, but obviously they're dealing with really harsh conditions. Uh, in captivity, it can be anywhere between, like, 25 to 30 years. Pretty long. It's a long time. The populations, of course, are highly dependent on a lot of different factors, kind of getting into our conservation situation. Mainly, the populations of prey is a huge factor. The lemmings, in particular, being a number one food source for snowy owls. If those populations drop, the owls will obviously try to, like, go somewhere else to find food or mm -hmm. their populations will also drop so it becomes really difficult for them to survive their main threats though that they face are that they are oftentimes found in baited fox traps they can Aww. be affected by uh like rodenticides which is like poison used for rodents like rodent populations mercury poisoning through bioaccumulation also affects snowy owls just like all birds of prey which sucks ass uh other toxins in you know, the environment can have a huge effect on birds of prey, snowy owls in particular. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, as you mentioned earlier, like when you do have some that migrate to airports, uh, oftentimes, unfortunately, they are just killed as opposed to like relocated. You just get shot. Yeah, which sucks. Our, our zoo, um, our like red training, our shotgun team, we were literally trained by the guys at the airport. Holy shit. Because we went to the airport, right? Because then like you have a bunch of space mm -hmm. and you can shoot, not like shoot a person. And they're the ones who taught us how to use all the shotgun. Holy shit. Yeah, they were, they were fucked up. Their jobs suck. <laughs> they were like, yeah, we just kill stuff every day, all day. And we're like, oh, wow, we take care, we do the opposite. Wow, thank you. <laughs> like, training and us. dark. Fuck, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you're right to a certain extent. Like, you can, like, translocate an animal, but there's a chance that they'll come back. But I, I don't know. Like, maybe I'm just naive. And idealistic, but I feel like it's worth the time and effort to try to do that as opposed to just kill them. I don't know. Uh, I mean, when it comes, to I don't know. <laughs> just ask like the airport. Like, I yeah, don't, I know. I feel like it's capitalism, baby. Yeah, no, that's probably it. I think I forgot to mention, but snowy owls are considered vulnerable. 
which is why this is taken, I guess, a little bit more seriously. And then yes. the primary threat that they face is, of course, climate change, just like just about everything else. Reduction of the sea ice is a really big issue because they are an Arctic animal. A lot of their habitat is based around sea ice. So if they don't have that, they don't really have a habitat. And <laughs> that's not great. Um, but a lot of things, I mean, climate change affects so many different facets of how the natural world works. And obviously prey populations are super dependent on it too. So it's just a chain reaction of bullshit kind of sucks mm-hmm. but because of that there are a lot of efforts that are in place to try to help mitigate some of these effects uh just like with a lot of other animals that are affected by toxins and poisons and stuff in their environment giving people alternative ways to control pest populations that don't involve poisons and toxins are a very effective way of doing that also looking at helping mitigate effects of climate change is very effective and electing people to positions like political positions what? of power that can you know like that have like a basic understanding of you know like science works. in general is like a really good one there's a lot of conservation organizations out there though that are dedicated to helping different animals the snowy owl in particular one that i found was really cool is the owl research institute they have a website that's pretty cute and they have a really great uh, swag shop is what they call it they nice. have tons of like cool yes. gifts and like t-shirts and sweaters one of my favorites is a <laughs> unisex t-shirt that says pint size power player and it's got like a little owl because they do like a bunch of different owl conservation too it's not just snowy owl right uh, but they have yeah they have all these like cool little things and then there's one logo that says i'm looking out for owls it's just so cute it's got this big owl on it cute yeah so all those types of places are great to support as well if you're looking for ways to help out Obviously, spreading information is very important, too, and making sure that people understand how the types of threats that owls are facing can be changed and mitigated is really helpful for everyone. So mm-hmm. that's all good. As far as owls and media go, there have been, there's been a lot of, like, popular culture surrounding snowy owls. I think because owls, they're so yeah. beautiful, right? Like, they're just, like, they look otherworldly. Right. They're just gorgeous. So obviously, we mentioned at the beginning... Harry Potter's a big one. Hedwig was in that. She was a female owl throughout the series. She was Harry's owl. Uh, there was a lot of concern that when the movies came out that there was going to be like an influx in people wanting to have owls as pets. And yeah. so they were concerned that maybe there'd be like a lot more black market trading for owls. But that didn't really happen, which is great. <laughs> and then all throughout the movies, obviously, different owls were used. It wasn't just one and to kind of the whole time yeah just that one that one owl from birth to death but they they did use a mixture of males and females as well um because the males as i already mentioned are more of like a white color a lot of them were used as uh different doubles and stuff for different shots and of course with all animals that are in movies they have to be specifically trained and in the case of like owls in or in the case of hedwig in harry potter they had different owls trained for different jobs, of course. So it was like, yeah, they have one for flying. They have one for they have one that like, like sits on his arm. A, yeah, a message. <laughs> one that one like, like holds a note. Yeah, holds a little envelope. So they had a bunch of different owls trained to do a bunch of different things. Did they train that one to fucking die? Yeah, spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> like nobody knows what happens in Harry Potter. Also, J.K. Rowling sucks butthole. So who even cares? Yeah, she sucks. I'll ruin her shit forever because she sucks. Yeah. Hedwig dies for no fucking reason, honestly. Yeah, it kind of comes out of nowhere in the beginning of Deathly Hallows. It sucks butt. Um, she's, she sucks and all her books suck. And she's racist. Oh, that's not true. Her books don't suck. We can separate the story from the terrible woman. 
She got some problematic things in those books, though. That's for damn she sure. She named the only Asian character Cho Chang. <laughs> like I said, there's some uh, problematic things in those books. That's for dang sure. Um, but there's been a lot of different stuff, too, throughout cultures. A lot of uh, countries around the world have them as symbols of, like, unity and peace and, like, in their government and things like that. I'm sure there's more throughout, like, different cartoons and movies and stuff, but those were kind of the major ones that I found. Uh, I think if... I know, all I can think about is Hedwig. Is Hedwig, really. yeah. She was the OG. There's, like, an owl in a horror movie, but I'm pretty sure it's a barn owl, not a snowy owl. Oh. That sounds cool. I think owls are so cool. I think people have, like, long been obsessed with them because they're very creepy to a certain extent, but also, mm-hmm. like, I think the whole wise thing is just, like, their eyes are so big, right? Yeah, and their head. They can see, like, all... They can see everything. They're always watching. Everything. That's gotta be it. Yeah. So, uh, TLDL and the snowy owl is one of the largest species of owls. It has a very distinct white plumage. The males and females are sexually dimorphic. The females are usually larger than the males, and the, they tend to have more uh, speckled, spotted modeling. So they have more, like, brown and gray in addition to their white, where the, as the males tend to be more true white. They have distinct bright yellow eyes, um, pretty large, and they have pretty good visual acuity, about 1.5 times better than humans. So not the best out there, but still pretty good. They're very well known for withstanding extremely cold temperatures, upwards of negative 62.5 degrees Celsius, which is <laughs> a little too frosty for me. And this is because their thermal conduction is excellent, and it's actually better than any of the best insulated mammals out there. Their main source of prey are small mammals, particularly lemmings, but they can eat small birds and other small animals as well, and they will eat carrion if given the opportunity. I don't know why I said it like that. They will eat carrion if given the opportunity. (laughs) Their average clutch is between seven to nine eggs. Incubation can last around 30 days. When the chicks are born, it takes a couple weeks for them to leave the nest site, but usually at around 50 to 60 days, they'll go through their first fledge, and they'll be flying and hunting on their own. Sexual maturity happens within that first year, and the lifespan in the wild is about 10 years, and captivity is about 25 to 30 years. They are listed as vulnerable on the IUCN Red List. Climate change is their primary threat, and the best thing that you can do to help out snowy owls is to support organizations that are helping spread education about them, but also try to help mitigate the effects of climate change as much as possible. We talked about snowy owls in the media, the most popular one being Hedwig and the Harry Potter books and movies. That's it. Oh my god. I got through all my fucking notes. There's so many. I'm going to burn them Yay. the moment I get off this call. Well, wait till you do the social media post so you don't forget what to write. It's a really great book. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for joining us this week, learning a little bit more about the snowy owl, listening to my amazing, beautiful song, handwritten. Just for you. Fresh out of my brain. Definitely didn't copy the tune from anyone else, and I did it just for uh, you. Well, thanks for listening, and if you want to learn more, you can go to patreon.com slash keeperchat, where we have um, access to bonus episodes and bonus content and behind the scenes stuff outtakes from the show you can even get access to the discord all that is through patreon so check that out for more if you want just more episodes we have a website on keeperchatpodcast.com and you can look at all the episodes that we have published as well as some blog posts on there if you have questions or comments or concerns or ideas for a quick and dirty you can email us at keeperchat at gmail.com and then we also have facebook instagram and twitter um, as always, if you rate and review us on iTunes or Podchaser, rate and review, then we will donate $5 to conservation. So we'll be tallying up December soon and sending out the money for that. Thank you so much. Um, and then in January, we'll probably do like a $10 a month for every review. We'll donate $10. So if you haven't done it yet, maybe wait a couple more days and you can do it in January. It'll be worth a little bit more. Get more bang for your buck. But it's a great way to support the podcast 
and support conservation without having to pay any money at all. So thank you. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Everyone have a great week and we'll catch you in the new year. Bye. Smell you later.